0: That's halfway
1: between <laughs> New Zealand and Denmark. <laughs> I think Denmark and New Zealand is like directly, um, like at, at the farthest point away from each other. Like, pretty much, yeah. Like, if it's closer to
0: across the entire Pacific Ocean and continent of North America,
1: um, that is it shows that's pretty we far. We could like call this the Flat Earth podcast. Well, we are going to talk about Kyrie, yeah, you know, like. We're talking to each other, um, um, but like at the opposite uh, ends of the world. (laughs) If the earth was round, how would we be able to talk to each other? Yeah. More proof.
0: Welcome back another episode of the hoops temple podcast you know me nathan schwartz here we go intro's done the the fake nathan yeah actually for for continuity um we could fool the audience Mm -hmm. into thinking that nathan's still here so i'll i'll talk for myself and for nate be like yeah you know the (laughs) clips are going to win a terrible american accent
1: welcome back hoops temple family um, today i'm your host nikolai larsen um, i've given the day off for uh, nathan he's uh, not gonna be joining us tonight but on the other side of the planet we got my uh, my good friend dylan how are you dylan feeling good you know clip, clip is on to the next round and it's good morning for you um and Good evening for me, I guess. Um, yeah. Today we're gonna talk a little bit about the uh, the weekend, how all the games went, and um, maybe we'll touch a bit about what the future is holding for some of all these losing teams. So, so um, but I guess we'll start with the most relevant, um, the uh, current series going on. So, Dylan, have you been uh, have you been watching some some games this weekend? I've I've, I've been trying.
0: The NBA app's pretty cool how it has, like, the um, condensed games. So you can, you know, all the games that go on while I'm asleep, I can then get the um, get the general gist of. So um, I saw Janis struggle to guard KD enough
1: um, from my 27-minute highlights that I can come on here and make bold proclamations. Yeah, and on our last podcast, I was talking about how I was hoping Janis uh, would be able to... Uh, to be a thorn in 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 KD's side because Giannis on paper does have the length and and the like athleticism to 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 stop Kevin Durant, but man, Kevin Durant is just. <laughs> I was just talking to my uh, wife actually. She was watching a little bit uh, of the game, and she was like, "Why is Brooklyn in the finals?" Like she she wasn't fo- she didn't know that. Kevin Durant and Kyrie was on the nets this year. (laughs) Um, So I was was like, yeah, they, they, you know, they have Kevin Durant. He's probably the best scorer in the league uh, or maybe in in league history. Also, they have Kyrie, who's possibly the best scorer in the league. Oh, and also they have Harden, (laughs) who's also possibly the best scorer in the league. So that's why they're there. (laughs) Yeah. But he's hard to guard. Yeah, Kevin Durant. We mentioned coming in that
0: that might have to be a matchup. With just how they are going to line up against the Nets, but Giannis he 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 sort of struggled to guard KD. Um, he got blown by a couple times. He just couldn't like stay in front of him. He got one good contest late in the fourth, but KD just hit the dagger in his face anyway. So he's a hard man to stop, yeah. and <clears throat> they're going to be searching for answers a little bit. Something that might make it easier for them is just that James Harden is, you know, torn a hamstring so, or, or strained a hamstring. Mm. He should miss a couple of games off of that, um, which might make some of their matchups a little bit easier. If Bud can just, like, play his guys more as well. We're back to this whole thing of, like, mm. Bud, you need to, like... You know, like PJ Tucker's the only guy who can pretend to guard Kevin Durant and he played him 28 minutes. He yep. kind of over overreacted to some foul trouble from what I saw and um, stuck him on the bench for a lot of it. Um, but, you know, if you look at some of the minutes totals from you know around around the league i know it's a game seven but the you know the clippers played three guys over 40 minutes and, and barely went to their bench and bud made some um uh, ridiculous statement saying that he's got a deep bench which is absolutely not the case um there's really no one on his bench that you want playing hardly any minutes so uh, you know pj tucky just needs to play more and bud needs to not react so much
1: to the to a little bit of foul trouble yeah i think you could Bump up the minutes uh, for the starters, like six to eight minutes each play. Each player, mm-hmm. nobody hit forty minutes. Giroux led the minutes and with, with thirty-seven. Bobby Portis was the only bench guy who really showed anything uh, this this game. Both Bryn Forbes and and Connaughton didn't really make an impact, um, which is to be expected, I guess. But Bryn Forbes did play a nice uh, f- first round. I'm a bit disappointed with chris middleton obviously Mm. didn't really make an impact and and couldn't hit a shot um i think we'll see a a lot lot more close game when when he's hitting his shots so but yeah he he really needs to play his players more i I don't think i've seen any series this year with with starters playing this few minutes so that's gotta change and i was actually expecting that to be changed uh, already yeah
0: maybe he's just building up to it like it's still game one, maybe you don't just, you know, he doesn't want to be like, okay, game one, you three are all playing 40 minutes, and PJ Tucker, you're 38 years old and you're playing 38 minutes. So maybe we'll get hmm. there, but, um, you know, the bench isn't, isn't looking too good. If, if you're actually going to give minutes to Jeff Teague, then you're not in good shape. Jeff Teague isn't even you know, he's not a regular season level of player. They learn the playoffs. Oh. So we'll see what happens there. Maybe Harden being out can change some of their lineups a little bit without having to have two uh without having to go up against two elite guards maybe they can um get away with playing brent forbes a little bit more and just try to get some more offense you know the five starters are probably
1: who they should be and they just need to play more overall jeff cheat don't need any minutes to be honest <laughs> mm, exactly uh, and just looking at the, at the bench i mean it's not a great bench (laughs) there's no proving like proven like uh, um like bobby portis Mm -hmm. is this this like first uh, playoff run i think Mm -hmm. and and i mean brent forbes wasn't even like a super great player in in san antonio he wasn't like carrying any big role so um yeah they definitely need to bump up those minutes but even the Nets found some nice production from, uh, from the bench in uh, Mike James, whom I'm actually yeah. kind of excited to see playing. He's, he's back in the NBA uh, after playing, uh, I think, four seasons in Europe. And he was coming from Ceska Moskov, which is actually a funny story because... Ceska Muskov Mos- actually just signed a a great Danish player, Iffelundberg, uh, who who we actually had a little bit talk about might end up in in Brooklyn, but ultimately um, they ended up signing Mike James instead. Oh. But Yves Lundberg actually took Mike James' uh, starting role in in Ceska <laughs> and became like the uh, best player for for them. So yeah uh, that's that's kind of fun wait so are you are you happy for Mike James or do you secretly have beef with him that he stole that NBA roster spot from your guy? <laughs> you know of course I'd like to see my my guy from um, from Denmark get get a spot in the NBA and hopefully he'll get there some some uh, at some point but it, it's a funny story because Mike James was he was um mad at the uh, coach for for uh, decreasing his minutes for for Eva. And then ultimately he in, ended up getting traded away, I guess, <laughs> but, but for a better situation. So that's kind of yeah. annoying. But uh, but a nice ju- nice jump to to <laughs> to Brooklyn. He didn't really play a, a lot of uh, minutes in in the regular season, but with 30 mm. minutes, he didn't look bad. Um, and he's used used to playing in, in a big time role. He was like the biggest star at at. at at some points of this season in euroleague he's used to being like in big time moments so there's a good chance we'll see him take a lot of minutes from from james harden while he's out
0: yeah and he, he was a big player for him to, just for someone to be able to come in and really just offer them anything you know a lot of times when a star player goes out and another guy comes in you know that player is is somewhat tentative they don't want to try to do too much but you know james was fairly aggressive he took shots he made shots um he made a couple threes which is big you know the the nets guys are going to get their teammates a lot of open threes so to be able to make those is yeah. big but the net size also it's it's big for him to be able to contribute rebounding wise and get some help them out on the glass uh he had, he had seven rebounds in this game
1: yeah but he's a small guy he's six one. Mm. so mm. but you know another guy who's also a small guy but who didn't catch a lot of rebounds trey young Actually had a great game this weekend. Yeah, he didn't have any rebounds, but he did everything else. Yeah, <laughs> but the Hawks took the first game in in, uh, in Philly. I didn't see that one coming. How about you? I gave the Hawks a chance,
0: and you know, I sort of floated the idea that they might win this game, but that was when I thought Embiid was not going to play,
1: and he did play, and he had mm. 39 points. Yeah. And so... 38 minutes played, so he, was, he, yeah, he wasn't yeah. on a... Uh, like <laughs> a 38 minutes minute limit mm. the the hawks they came out and they made shots and
0: it wasn't just trey young you know bogdanovich had a nice game john collins who i've never really been the biggest fan of um, made some positive offensive contributions and the hawks bench was able to take advantage of some of the the well, i guess the weaker sixes bench mm. ben simmons inability to shoot is obviously um you know, it goes without saying at this point and and the the difficulties that that creates. One of the difficulties is just that you can't stagger Embiid and Simmons because the Sixers' backup center is Dwight Howard, who also can't shoot. Um, and so Doc really had no choice mm. but to take both of those guys off at the, at the same time and, and play them together, which meant that the bench was left without either one of their star players. And, you know, Lou Will and and Kevin Herter were able to play make some inroads that way if you look at the plus minus totals you know trey young was awesome but he was also negative 11 um so when the when the Sixers had their starters out there they played well but when they had to pull those guys which they kind of have to do to, together that's when they
1: were able to make some ground up but it's great to see uh, bogdanovich um he was carrying a bit of the load in in the end of um, end of the game so, like they were Double and triple teaming Trey Young at some point mm. of the game, and 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 it was nice to see Bogdanovich was was able to take over and hit some big time free pointers. I was talking a little bit with Nate in the group chat. I, I feel I, I couldn't help but see that they kind of resemble a young Golden State Warriors team. Maybe not in terms of like the direct player to player comparisons. You know, Trey Young do remind. Everybody, about, a little bit about uh, Steph Curry, of course. They both yeah. shoot well, and, and that comparison is, is around already. But just like some of these guys is, is kind of playing the same roles as, as the Golden State. You know, you know Clint Capella is, is that defensive anger like Andrew Bogut. You, you'll you see a little bit of Draymond Green in, in, in John Collins with, with his passing and being able to handle the ball and, and do a bit of defense. Bogdanovich is kind of that X factor you had in, in Harrison Barnes, but not like your. He wasn't like a all star per se, but sometimes he'll hit some big shots. Um, and I can kind of see that. Like they, they have some of the functionality that you'll see in in, in that Golden State Warriors team. Uh, Kevin Herter you know, is also hitting some big shots, kind of like Clay with, but with a little bit mm-hmm. more playmaking maybe but they are struggling a bit at the end of the end of the game I mean they couldn't inbound what what the hell happened <laughs> the, at the end of that game yeah that was crazy that was just so chaotic and and that's where I'm, I'm happy they have a guy like Bogdanovic who, who can a little bit more confidently uh, handle the ball and take charge because they definitely need some experience in in that end of the uh, end of the game yeah so it seems like Doc Rivers just Got desperate um, after you yeah. know
0: coaching a pretty poor game and was was struggling for answers. So just went to mm. a, a full court press, which kind of worked. Yeah, they were just throwing guys at the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely ridiculous ending to the game. Fourth quarter was forty one to twenty nine in favor of Philadelphia. So they you know they they really did their best to make a late comeback. Yep. You know the Hawks. It seemed like we're doing everything they could to
1: try to blow the lead, um, but they managed to hold on no it turned on. I, I turned on the game on my phone I was eating with my parents-in-law and stuff because it was at that time of the day for me uh so it's just like pe- peaking a bit uh, <clears throat> at the first and second quarter and I thought w- when I uh, started watching at the end of the third I thought the game was over <laughs> mm. like I thought Atlanta had this in the bags but man the fourth quarter was just intense and it got a lot closer than than I would have thought. So interesting game, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if if Atlanta can can like keep doing this. I mean, we we'll, we are still yet to see Gallinari like do a mm. make a big impact, and and I think he'll got he, he got a game or two in him where he can burn the nets. Uh-huh. Question for you: The
0: Sixers tried Danny Green on Trey Young. Um, he was the primary matchup. Mm. And he was just too slow to yeah. contain him and got torched every time. Yeah, it did work. Um, yeah. yeah. Ben Simmons mm. has come out and said that he wants to guard Trey Young full game. Do you think that's the best option for them? Or is there anyone else that you'd like to see them try? Or is this just going to have to be Ben Simmons?
1: Yeah, I don't understand why they didn't try Ben Simmons uh, more during that game. Because... I mean, he's got the athleticism to to make a difference in in guarding Trey Young, but it's going to be hard for for any uh, Sixers uh, guys to contain Trey because they're all a bit, you know, on the big slower side. And maybe we'll see more of Matisse Thiebel. Um, Yeah. I hope so. I think he's Mm -hmm. got the tools to defend Trey Young with his long arms and, and quick hands. Because you yeah. can't just like triple team them. You can't triple team Trey Young because yeah. they have they have so many shooters.
0: Yeah, and not just shooters, but also guys who can make the right pass. Like we were talking about, you know, yeah, the playmaking ability of of Bogdanovich and Collins and Herder. And so it's not Herder. just you know yeah, it's not yeah. just you pass it and a guy shoots. But if you rotate out, that guy can make a good decision as well, um, based on the personnel that they have. Yeah. But yeah, so I agree. Maybe we see more um, Matisse thibault Obviously, the big concern with with Simmons, who's you know he's obviously the best guy to put on Trey. Um, the big concern, though, is, is maybe he just gets some foul trouble. Um, Trey Young's one of if not the premier um, foul drawer in in the league, and so maybe you don't want your best guy getting into foul trouble with that. So yeah, I'd, I'd be in favour of more minutes for Maxi. I think you probably just just don't play Dwight Howard and have um, play Simmons as your backup center. Um, Atlanta aren't really going to punish you with that. You know they're playing mm. either Capella or Kongwu, who aren't. You know they're not going to try to back Simmons down. Um, if they want to go to Onyeka no. Kongwu post ups on Ben Simmons, you you know that's a win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So maybe you just don't play Dwight Howard. Play Simmons as the backup center. That way you can stagger those guys a bit and. Take Simmons out early, put in Maxi, who can play with the starters and his um, offensive limitations aren't aren't as bad when he's not playing with Simmons and a center. So maybe that's an option that you can go to. George Hill only played ten minutes, like he's a good defender, like give him a go. Maybe he's just too old and slow at this point, but you know, mm. he's been a, a two way player for like his whole career. Doc does have a couple options to try to bring the series back, but
1: that was a that was a rough first game for him and for the team. Definitely. Yeah. But it's it's a lot more interesting than I would have thought. Um so I would definitely check back on this series. This Atlanta team is just too entertaining to not watch. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you wanna do you wanna make a prediction on that series? Oh, can I put you, put can uh, I put you on the spot? I,
1: I still wanna say sixes. Yeah, I still wanna say sixes, but to be honest I l
0: <laughs> sixes in five. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Maybe, maybe only thing i hate so much is that there's so much hate for luca now and maybe that's a perfect transition to the next game we could talk about the mavericks and clippers game but man the more trey is winning the worse it's looking for for (laughs) luca and that's just how it is i guess yeah fans will keep saying like yeah maybe hawks won this trade anyway yeah yeah (laughs) um Ah, man. I'm not insane
0: that wouldn't Luca just be wouldn't like the (laughs) this Hawks team just be insane if they had Luca
1: instead of Trae Young? That's what I'm saying. I mean, I was surrounding some with some dudes the other night. There's some people saying that trey is at least as good and he's actually won a series now and stuff like that (laughs) but come on man if luca if Luca was on the hawks man they would just obliterate the knicks and they would actually have a decent chance of of uh, getting to the finals i don't think this atlanta team have a chance to 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 make the finals but but i definitely think there are some people underestimating uh, trey young and and i gotta give him give them that He's been doing great so far. And, and and he's just looking like a killer, you know? Uh, yeah. he's, he's not looking weak. He's not looking like a young guy who is uh, desperate to make an impact. He's, he's really got that killer instinct. And, and that's great to see. So, But come on, man, Luca, He's, he's like so, so some of these games against the Clippers. He was looking like the best player in the league. Yeah. Isn't that just kind uh, of embarrassing
0: uh, now that Julius Randle made the all-star team over Trey Young? Like, these are obviously not guys yeah. that are in, like, you know, these are not comparable guys. You know, Trey Young is in another, uh, you know, a different tier altogether mm. than Julius Randle. So, isn't that just a little bit, um, people are going to look back and be like, how the fuck did that happen?
1: Yeah, true. I mean, he's definitely underrated. But that's also my argument. Like, Trey Young is battling to, to be an all star, and, and Luca is in the MVP conversation. Mm. Yeah. But my guy Luka, he's out of the playoffs, and I think it's deserved, to be honest. I don't think this math team deserves to go on. I didn't have a good feeling um, about them watching this series. Because, mm. I mean, the only reason they kind of made this series uh, tough for the Clippers was just because they had some games where they're just hitting every every damn shot. And and you can't rely on Tim Hardaway Jr. and, and was Bronson. Was just going lights out, but whenever those guys didn't like hit plus fifty percent from free point, there's just no offense other than Luca going around screens. Yeah, and then they tried in in the last two games to like go inside for Majanovic, and that was fun to watch, I think, and and interesting as an idea. I mean, he was doing some great passes as well. But yeah, if you're so desperate that you're that you're posting up Boban mm. just to try to get
0: offense yeah that's you know sort of a sign that um the series isn't going to go well for you
1: but your Clippers is uh, going through (laughs) yeah yeah Um, I mean Kawhi looked great in the game seven he's looked awesome I think Mm.
0: it's hard to argue that he isn't the best player in the NBA playing right now you know that's the way he's been playing average like 32 8 and 5 against a Mavs team that's you know had had its struggles but also had some some great moments and against you know a player who really proved although he's never won a playoff series that you know he's a legit um playoff player and that if he didn't get the incredible bad luck of having to go up against you know the clippers
1: both years you know
0: it it could be Mm. a totally
1: different story for him if he was like going going uh, through portland instead and and I mean even just yeah. Denver uh, yeah, I think that yeah. that would be a lot more even
0: yeah, yeah. he kind of got but, the worst but other than Kawhi being great I mean
1: yeah yeah that's absolutely true I mean Eclipse is the title favorite I think uh with with lakers looking a lot weaker than 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 they should be um but due to all those injuries i think Clippers is the clear favorite at this moment uh, and they were at, at the start of the playoffs i think as well um but other than Kawhi being great th- do you have any takeaways from this series any any other players in in the clippers uniform you you think did great yep um paul george was not entirely awful
0: um, which is a, a, mm. a big thing for the Clippers. Kawhi looking like the best player in the league and Paul George not being playoff P um, is, is awesome. And I think one of the the bigger things that instills confidence is the coaching job from Ty Lu. You know, he pressed the right buttons. He made the right adjustments. He, you know, he set Pat Beverly, who started most of the season. He just, he just straight up not playing. Um, same as Zubats. He's, everyone was saying you need to play Zubats more last season and and Lou tried that it didn't work and then he set him too, um and and went with Batum at center and played Batum 40 minutes he had some good um zone busting plays as well Dallas tried to tried to play some zone with Boban and Lou was able to draw up some good plays to get good looks out of there and and to sort of take advantage of that as well so yeah I think he made the right adjustments he played the right guys which is tough to do you know he played Terence Mann more than he played Rajon Rondo which is something that I was really concerned about mm, that. Yeah. You know, these guys like Rondo who have name recognition and have a certain status in the league. You know, a lot of coaches like yeah. Doc, yeah. you know, uh, play those guys more than what they deserve. But Lou um, made all the right decisions and played the right guys um, regardless of their names. So that's the, the biggest thing that gives me confidence is Kawhi looking like the best player in the league, Paul George not
1: being terrible, and and Lou making the right adjustments see I'm feeling good about this team Mm. yeah and you saw some great defense out of Betuma I think at at some point of the game he was Mm. logging down guys yeah Marcus Morris back again I guess (laughs) he was hitting a lot of shots um and also playing some pretty tough defense great to see Terrence man do a, a good job of bringing in some energy and I mean he was he was really looking like he was enjoying playing on this level and i'm happy to see him succeed uh, that that's a guy i've i've been waiting to uh to see get some minutes um but maybe res- russian run.
0: yeah i don't know what was said to him between between games but um he was he was very confident in this game um we saw what was it game game six was it yeah where he had a layup to take the lead and you know just didn't have the confidence to take that shot like he's an awesome finisher he yeah. had an easy layup over Luca, and he yeah, passed yeah. out of it because you know he's he's not the guy that should be taking game when he shots but this game he was, he was very aggressive and yeah um just came out took a lot of shots made a lot of shots you know the jumper was working to a degree mm. um, he had one bad miss but Kawhi just came and cleaned yeah. that up for him um when he basically airballed a corner three
1: yeah yeah, and you heard Kawhi turning around and and he held great pass <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and, and he was like every time Terrence man was doing something good you, you saw Kawhi was just jumping around and bumping into him and stuff mm. he, he was really like trying to hype hype him up and um yeah that's great to see from kawaii because he's not known as like a vocal leader like that but yeah. he's definitely trying to take that role right now and that that's good to see you you think maybe we'll see Re- Russian Rondo get more minutes against uh, Utah? Um, I could see that maybe because they're playing like a slower paced game, so maybe that'll leave some room for more Russian Rondo minutes. Yeah,
0: and probably more. We just need more offensive players against Dallas. Going against Luca, we needed Man, who's an mm-hmm. awesome defender, but mm. against Utah, it's probably going to be the offensive players that we need. Um, so it probably will be more Rondo and less Man. Yeah, and, and Zubats as well, right? Mm. Yeah, there's sort of well, there's sort of two ways to look at it. Is you either keep doing what you're doing because you know bear isn't going to go out on the floor and guard Batum if he's playing at center, and the other way is just that you you know bear is a, an awesome force and you need someone to match up against them. Um, so maybe we'll see more Zubats.
1: I definitely think they need more size against like Rudy Gobert and stuff. So yeah,
0: I mean they gave up like an incredible rebounding advantage um especially in that first game like the Clippers I've, I've got an interesting point of trivia for you how many rebounds do you think they had in the first quarter
1: I actually think I saw that and during the game I think it was like oh I can't remember but I think Dallas was leading like with 10 or 15 rebounds or something like that at some point uh I'm, I'm just guessing they had like seven rebounds in the first quarter close they
0: had one they had one single rebound in the entire <laughs> first quarter. That's how badly they were being outplayed Damn. on the boards. Um, and Rudy Gobert is a guy that can do that to you as well. Um, and if you're not making enough shots, if you know the defense is making it hard enough, um, then you do have to go to someone a bit bigger. You do have to go to Zubast to just try to get some of those possessions. You know, you can't just give up a huge possession um, deficit. Um, if we turn back to the Mavs, where, where do you think they need to go from here? What's next for
1: them? Obviously, your heart's broken seeing Luca go out. Yeah, yeah. but but you know, at the moment, I'm kind of dreaming of Luca getting traded, <laughs> because I think it's really difficult to, to see a path for, for doing the right thing for Dallas in terms of get getting another star player. I guess do a trade, Porzingis, or um, yeah, and also they need to pay Tim Hardaway Jr. if they want to keep him. I mean, he's going to be expensive. Is, they have so many strange pieces in terms of contract values but you know. that's last thing i read before this podcast what was that luke was ready to sign his super uh, max contract i think it was getting like 200 mil in, in four seasons yeah so, i can't i can't blame him for that Nah, but i kind of wonder if he's like taking the contract and then season after like get, get me out of here Yeah, and that's sort of a a thing about the modern NBA is that even if you
0: take the extension, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily locked in. And Mm. with the relationship that Luca has with the organization and just the character of some of these guys, you know, like if he goes to Cuban and says, all right, I'll sign the Supermax, but if you, you know, a couple of years go by and I'm still getting knocked out in the first round and you just can't build any sort of team around me, then you need to trade me. And so that's the kind of conversations that we could see happening
1: but there's there's a lot of questions in the coming years i mean what do you do with tim hardaway jr do you want to commit to him then we got guys like you know the young guys like jalen brunson dorian mm. finney smith uh, mm. dwight powell even josh richardson all guys that are on paper pretty good players but they don't really compliment dungeons uh, other other than i think dodo dorian Finnish smith i mean he, he's he's a great player to have around on any team bringing great defense and he's a good rebounder uh, he had some great rebounds against the clippers actually in this game yeah. seven
0: yeah he was sort of the only player apart from luca who actually had a good game um he made shots yeah. and had
1: some big rebounds and yeah. wasn't awful defensively yeah kind of felt kind of felt like a light version of draymond green just without the playmaking i guess mm. but but then again he, he, he he's not like he shouldn't be like the third best player on this team Um, He should just be like a nice complementary defensive guy. And you can see every time they pass the ball to him and he's doing pump fake and and trying to, you know, go go at the basket. His movement is so basic and he shouldn't be handling the ball at all.
0: Exactly. He he shouldn't be the one that's creating offense. You know, you need to put your guys in positions to Mm. succeed and make it easy for him. You know it should be spot ups and easy reads he shouldn't have to make plays
1: off the dribble so so i feel like it's it's difficult because you know you got christops who's your second best player and he's supposed to be like an all-star level player but he's just not and he's not he's not his relationship with donches isn't great he just said to the press that he thought his you know game planning and stuff like that made him feel like a afterthought more than a second star um, so he's definitely not happy about his role right now. So I think you either gotta get rid of him, or you need to really like try to appease him and get him a bigger role and get him more involved. Uh, I mean, to to criticize uh, uh, both Luca and and um, Carlisle a little bit, I, I think Kristaps actually does have a case because they didn't do a great job of. A, a, involving him on the offensive end other than like giving him some passes when he's cutting and giving him some shots at the three-point line other than that he did he didn't really get a lot of good like post positions and stuff like that and and Persingas is really struggling when he's not you know he, he's used to handling the ball a lot more in, in new york uh playing a bigger role in in the offense. So they really need to find a way to involve him more or, or just get rid of him. So that, that's the tough one, I think.
0: You always see that from a guy um, after a series where, you know, they don't get the ball as much as they want. But, you know, was it really a mistake to not give him the ball? You know, you can't really, what's what's he going to do, you know, post up mm. and take Paul George off the dribble? Like, you know, he complained that he was limited to yeah. being a cutter. You know, that's that's pretty much all that he was able to provide. So, I think that the big issue with Puzengus mm. is just he needs to sort of accept what he is and find a way to succeed in his role and not try to find, you know, not try to prove that he needs a bigger role. Um, but he's a, you know, he's a proud guy so you know it could get a little bit ugly there
1: yeah and he's he's like he's 25 years old and he he does have more nba experience uh, than than luke maybe not in terms not not in terms of games played i think but in terms of years (laughs) in the league (laughs) um so so i think that chris himself thinks that he should be like a bigger part of this team mm. than he is right now. And and that's also to Lucas, what to say, like that that's kind of on Luca because Luca is the one with the ball in his hands and he needs to make the right calls in terms of who he wants to involve in, in the offense. Um But yes, yeah, yeah. you said, like, what do you want to do with him? Do you just want to watch him <laughs> back up Paul George? That didn't, didn't look good when, when that was the case. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. They need to figure something out.
0: Yeah. And like you were saying, Luca's the one with the ball in his hands. And that's the way that it should be. You want the ball in Luca's hands as much as possible. And it's, you know, on the other guys to create value around Luca, not to, you know, take it away from Luca. Uh, can you guess,
1: like, Luca's uh, usage rate? In this series or overall? No, in, in this series. In this series?
0: Um, I don't know. He played a lot of minutes and he passed the ball
1: Was it like, I'd say, like 30%? No. <laughs> it's at 40%. 40%. Yeah. yeah, that's it's at 40%. Yeah. Mm. I mean his best year in in Real Madrid. I was just checking this out. Um he was he was having a usage rate of around 28%. I don't think uh, Euroleague really uh, keeps track of usage rates, so it's off uh unofficial uh sites. Um, mm. But but that in that ball range, I think it was he was a lot like twenty four to twenty eight percent usage rate in in Real Madrid. So so my biggest I think change in in Dallas, if if I'm the one making the calls, uh, they they really need to bring in a point guard. And I've got I've got the perfect guy for you. That's what they
0: need. And he's a free <laughs> Don't agent. Don't you mention to... <laughs> No no no. He's a free agent this year. A guy who's been forgotten about a little bit because he's been. Um, hurt this season Spencer Dinwiddie I think recently has proven that he's able to create offense for himself and for his team he's a free agent this season the Mavs have kept space he's totally redundant yeah. on his current team and so I think he'd be a nice fit there and yeah. you know the the Mavs didn't get totally smoked in the series you know it was a it was a seven game series that they lost um because no one except Luca and Finney Smith could make a shot, um, so I think even just that marginal improvement in offense, so that everything doesn't have to be Luka And when Luka's off, that you you know you shouldn't mm. score two points in the ten minutes that Luka's off. Um, so just having a, a competent, you know, a good starting point guard, who I think has you know a little bit of playoff experience with that that awesome Nets team with um Kenny Atkinson. Um, so I think he'd be a good fit there, and that's the way that I'd be looking if I was them.
1: Yeah, yeah, he'd be a great fit. So, someone who can take the ball a bit away from from Luca, and you know, just just make it so that you can't just triple team Luca. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they just need some more offense in, in terms of playmaking. Another change that's been getting a lot of buzz, well, a bit of
0: buzz for the Mavs, is the idea that it's potentially time to move on from Carlisle. What are your
1: thoughts on the on the series he coached them? Whether they should stick with him moving forward? Uh, I think I can stand behind what Mark Cuban is saying. Mark Cuban's idea of whether or not to change in, 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 in coaching staff is that if you're making a change in the coaching staff, then you got to be 100% sure that it's not just a tiny improvement, it's going to be like a big time improvement. And I don't think there's any candidate out there that is a big improvement on, on Carlisle. I think Carlisle is a great coach, he's a championship coach. And he did make some good calls this this series. I mean, playing Majanowicz in such a big role, nobody would do that. At least nobody expected him to do that. So I don't think there is any coach out there who is better fit than Carlisle. And, like, why bother then? Um, it could go catastrophic as well. I mean, if you're signing uh, someone and, you know, just watch the Hawks, what happened with Lloyd Pierce, right? I mean, they almost lost uh, Trey Young. Kyle is fine I don't think he deserves to be fired at all um he's been playing two seasons with Donchett where they're meeting the title favorites in in the Clippers in the first round so
0: yeah and giving them a run for their money like realistically the Mavs shouldn't be you know the Mavs are are, you know a lower playoff seed um or the young still building Mm. team they're not supposed to go seven games with a team that some would have as the championship favorites um, so I agree with you on all those points, and and with Cuban that mm. you know you're not going to get anyone better, or you're not likely to get anyone better. Um, and I think that Carlisle, you know, he did mm. everything that he possibly could to get this team the team to compete well. The the only thing they could have done better was to you know suit off himself and make some open jumpers. But in, in terms of coaching, the game plan, mm. the yeah. strategies, going to zone, going to Boban to juice the offense, the great ruse of the Clippers were playing small so then he put in Bobarns, so and the Clippers put in Zubac. then he took out Boban and put in Porzingis to um exploit the Clippers you know I think he pretty much did everything that he possibly could I don't know what what more any other coach could have done and to go seven games with um it's yes. arguably the best team in the league with arguably the best player playing right now I don't think is you know some catastrophic failure that re- requires um you know, a coaching change. Yeah, he,
1: I mean, he he wasn't outcoached at all. To be honest, his coaching might actually be a huge part of why they were competitive in the first place. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely. made some great adjustments. And, I mean, Maxi Kleber has played a big season and, and he wasn't getting minutes um, because he saw yeah. that Boban was making a bigger difference.
0: Yeah, I think Kleber was hurt too. Like, if Kleber had been healthy, he guarded Kawhi really well last season and he can make some jump shots. You know, he might have been able to make a little bit of a difference, yeah. but um, mm. he, he I think, was dealing with some injury.
1: The only critique I have of Carlisle is that I, I don't understand why Just Richardson isn't playing great. He, he was having mm. a great season in, in uh, Miami, and, and he was fine in Philly, um, and he's just terrible now in, in Dallas. Um, is that on Carlisle, or is that just... Because Josh is having a hard time settling uh, with his role, um, I don't know, but that's my only critique, I think. And I also kind of want to see uh, Nicolo Melli play some some minutes, but I guess he just wasn't part of the team really.
0: Yeah, and I mean just to have another guy who could possibly make
1: some shots, you know. Yeah. Once once
0: it once it started, you know, going bad and no one could make any shots, and Luca had to create every single point. Um, then maybe go to those some of those other yeah. options. Another team that is making a coaching change, though the Portland Trail Blazers moving off, for, moving away from um, Coach Stotts after another um, um, first round exit for the Blazers. That one, I think we could we could probably agree that you know there's a change that maybe did need to be made or that was expected.
1: Yeah, definitely. I've been hoping for a coaching change for like two seasons now, at least. Uh, I've always felt like Jerry Stutz is like one of the weakest coaches in the league. Happy to see them getting some fresh air. Hopefully, it's going to be good because you know this is the first like off season where I've I've seen so many rumors circulating around Damian Lillard uh, whether or not he he's actually committed to Portland still, um, whether he wants to uh, move on to another team. And I think a lot of fans actually feel like he's kind of like he's missing out by being so committed to portland um so lillard might be a big name in the trade discussions
0: yeah i mean to invoke mark cuban again portland have now made this move it's now going to come down to who do they hire Um, we saw jason kidd get a lot of buzz which is funny you know last time he was a head coach he was the worst coach in the league so it's interesting that he's your number one option and he's your Mm. your best choice um and he even, you know, took his own name out of the running for that. And so it'll be interesting to see who they go for. You know, there's there's a lot of work to do to make Portland into a championship team. Um and that starts with their with their defense. They need to have a coach who can find some way to get to defensive competence. When they've got you know, Nurkic is a good defender and Covington's an awesome help defender and Derek Jones is a good defender. Um, but they've got Lillard and McCollum up front, so they need to find a coach who has the the creativity and the um, and, and you know a plan to to get them to defensive possibility with those two. Otherwise, like you say, hmm. um, you know this this might just be who Portland is. and you know once they bring back Dame, assuming that he wants, wants to stay there and they've got McCollum long term, then you know this is their team and
1: they're a, they're a first round out every year. I kind of feel like if, if they want to do like, this is the last season where we're doing this with Dame, you know? Mm. I mean, sign Mike D'Antoni. Mm. Do like the uh, the Houston Rockets way, like where they just experimented on, on crazy offense. Yeah. I mean, Dame is as good as any player in the league in terms of making shots. So uh, a system around him with d'antoni being the head coach i think that could be interesting he's currently just assistant coach uh, on on the on the nets and maybe it's time for him to do some head coaching again do you know what what job i kind of prefer him for i want him with um d'antoni
0: that is i want i want him with zion on d'antoni in new orleans mm. um juicing their offense and and getting zion to you know an MVP, you know unique offensive
1: talent Get him get, getting him to throw some uh three-point shots at the at the backboard
0: <laughs> not even just surround him with shooting and yeah create ways to get him to the room hmm. you know he's like amari style Amaro, times two is his potential
1: yes yeah, so how, how do you feel about portland uh, losing to, to denver this year uh, you disappointed or you feel like that's inevitable um i'm kind of disappointed in portland i had a lot i have a lot of expectations around portland this i thought i thought this year was looking really good with the signings they had and they were basically all healthy and and then we weren't so i'm I'm kind of disappointed how do you feel about portland
0: yeah like as much as i a joke but it's not really a joke about you know austin rivers being awesome if he's like your starting point guard well, or just yeah, starting for you in the playoffs like that means that you're you're in some trouble. Um, so you know, for Denver to yep. be missing all the guys that they were and to still be able to come through, um, that is a bit disappointing for Portland. And and as we said previously, you know, with the Clippers struggling a little bit, the Lakers already gone. You know, the West is kind of open. Um, you know, this could have been the chance for for Portland to make another deep run. And would we feel differently if they had been knocked out in six games hmm. in the conference finals, than than in the first round or even the second round, possibly? So you know, there it is somewhat disappointing. You know, I think I might have said on the last podcast that I expected them to come out of this with uh, come out of this series with the win. So that's that's disappointing there. But um, you know, they aren't a ridiculously good team. You know, Dame is awesome, but he's probably not good enough to be the best player on a championship team or or if he is your best player you need a you know some really much better surrounding talent and so it's disappointing but what what more were you really expecting
1: uh, yeah so that's the question like do, do you think that a new coach could like change that and i mean make Damian lillard actually be able to uh, lead this team to uh, playoff success i have a hard time seeing that if if a coaching change isn't enough i mean what what are the what are they doing uh, Are i trying to bring in another star like i've i've been talking a bit about bringing in ben simmons for for some time but depending on on where philly ends up this um this year i think ben is probably not available but i always feel like ben simmons for cj McCollum would be a pretty interesting trade so, if we're just assuming Dame is not enough to get to the uh, finals, I mean, is it time to move on from Dame? Yeah, and that comes back to, I guess,
0: overall team building philosophy is, is making the playoffs and being competitive every year good enough if you're never going to make the championship. Then you hang on to that. If you're, you know, not content with perpetually being good and you want eventually to win a championship, Dame's value is never going to be as high as it is now. And so, um, if, if your goal is to win a championship realistically i can't see it being done with this roster and, and with the assets so maybe you move off of dame you bring in some young players you get some picks and maybe you find the next the next superstar player um but that's sort of a hard sell for an organization and for for a fan base and and probably something that's not going to be done without dame's um consent and that's going to be you know everything we know about him says that that's going to be something hard for him to agree to as well um but i take it by you asking me that question that you maybe think that it's time to to blow it up blow
1: up the blazers i don't know i mean they, as i said i mean they've, they've been looking great during the regular season and nergis did a pretty good job defending jokic but yeah, it, it is pretty um hard to see them like where where do we go from here i mean do, do you really think that a coaching change can can like make that bit a big of a difference? They're about to pay norm Pal too, so they're about to get super expensive.
0: So you know, it's a big ask yeah. also for ownership to be like, you know, here's this big tax bill, and we're going to be eliminated in the first round again.
1: Yeah. So yeah, maybe it is a good time to move on, I guess. But trading a guy like Dame, I mean he's got to be on board with that I think because if, mm. if if he's like leaving unhappy I think the NBA community is gonna like turn on Portland hard it's oh, gonna yeah. make them look if, so bad
0: yeah if they trade him against his will, like their their fans are just gonna obliterate them
1: yeah and, and I mean I I, I don't want to be that guy who is getting uh, you know you know the other end of the trade the guy who is going to Portland I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I don't know It's a, if it is a difficult situation because, you know, they're a pretty damn good team. They're like nearly there, mm. but it's just hard to, hard to get over that hump. And the player that you need to take you to that next level
0: is extremely hard to find. Yeah. we talk talking about the other team that's having some um, um, personnel changes at the moment. The surprising news out of Boston that Danny Ainge is stepping down um, and Brad Stevens. He's yeah. going straight from coaching to become the Celtics president of basketball operations. That sort of raises two questions for the yep. Celtics is, you know, Stevens is is an awesome coach. Has he shown anything to suggest that he's gonna be an awesome executive? You know, they're they're two very different jobs. So there's that, how will he build this roster? And there's also now they have to find a new coach. Stevens can't coach and be the president of basketball operations. Mm. That doesn't work. Doc Rivers and Tom Thibodeau and Mike Budenholzer have showed us that. And so the Celtics are now in search of Mm. a coach. And I wonder with Jason Kidd, whose ultimate goal is to get back into being a head coach and for him to be the favourite of Damian Lillard and to take himself out of consideration for the Blazers' job, um, I wonder if that's um, maybe an indication that he
1: has a good shot at the Celtics job. You know, Kid actually did leave a pretty weak sta- uh, weak statement um after being linked to Portland. He he said something along the lines of I'm going to be coaching, but but Portland is just not the destination for me or something like that. So yeah, maybe maybe it's yeah, maybe they're going for Kid in in Boston. C- could see that happening. But in terms of um yeah, you know, being a GM and coaching at the same time, I don't think that's a good idea. So they need to find a new coach. Mm. In my opinion, good on Boston uh, firing Danny Ainge. He hasn't been doing a great job with building this team. And he's just shown time and time, 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 and time again that he's just not, you know, he's great at creating value, I guess. He's been accumulating, um, you know, draft assets and stuff like that. And it it's made them look good in terms of you know people looking at what Ainge is doing and they're like oh we have this many picks and we can do this and we can do that and there's been so many opportunities to like get in a good position but he's just not been able to like pull the trigger and and you know do the necessary moves to to make this team great and I think that's on Ainge so so great for them moving on and it's going to be interesting to see what um Stevens what Stevens is going to do with this team
0: I mean Ainge for his his overall track record for his career is you know maybe going to be marred by these recent years but overall you know throughout his career he was regarded as an excellent executive and a guy who made good moves and and built great teams some of the recent mistakes though like you said you know getting all those trade assets and it turns into absolutely nothing you know they they Mm. you know maybe had a play for Anthony Davis and instead they've got, you know, Aaron Naismith. So that's that's rough. Mm. This past offseason he he really botched playing hardball with Gordon Hayward and then not accepting the uh, Indiana signing trade. Like you could have had Miles Turner and instead you you play hardball, you turn that down, you lose Hayward for nothing, um, except a you know, a, a, mm. a trade exception that you then don't use very effectively, and then you double down by, you know, okay, well, I've got no centre now let me go out and overpay Tristan Thompson, who come playoff time was basically unplayable. So yeah, I think this past off season was yeah. was you know pretty much a disaster, and so they've got a lot of holes in their yeah. in their roster that they're going to need to address. Um, Kemba's taken up a lot of money for not a lot of value. Tatum and Brown are. About to be making a lot of a lot a lot of money, and you know they have like mm. three good players on this roster. So there there's a lot of work to yeah. be done.
1: And Marcus Smart might be leaving as well.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of work to be done. This past off season was was terrible. Um, the moves they made in season were not that great. You know they dumped Daniel Tice, who was like a perfectly capable starting center. They just like salary dumped him. Um, so that
1: was. Yeah, I mean Daniel Tice is, I mean I'd prefer Daniel Tice over Tristan Thompson
0: Yeah, I don't think that's You know, there's any argument there Daniel Tice is better than Tristan Thompson And so they they salary dumped him Brad Stevens has got his work cut out for himself To come from coaching Which is a totally different game to GMing You know, he's got a lot of learning That he needs to do And he, he pretty much needs to do it right away um, If this team is to, to be anything or maybe they go the other way and they say you know tatum and brown you guys are young we've had this success early on but now we need to build long term so maybe they just go that way and and go young and try to rebuild around these two guys um, which they never really had the opportunity to do by um the virtue of being so good for all of
1: those guys careers yeah so a lot of big changes in Boston. i mean another team who might see some big changes this offseason uh how do you feel about Miami? Do you think it's time to move on from Jimmy and, like, go young? I, I, that's what I feel like is the right thing to, like, you know, move on from all these old guys and, you know, build around the youth. How do you feel?
0: Speaking of totally screwing up um, the trade market, the idea that you could have had James Harden, like, wouldn't the Heat be like... <laughs> yeah. Championship? Like, they'd be right there with the Bucks and the, and the Nets if they moved... You know, Tyler Hero, who's, uh, you know, a bench guard, if they just had to put him in for, for yeah. James Harden, they, they'd be, you know, we wouldn't even be having these conversations. Um, they'd be a championship contender. And so for them to screw that up so badly, yeah. you know, maybe it's sophomore slump and he's going to establish some more value and, and they could still get something for Hero. Um, but, you know, that was that was just a, a major screw-up. And I think we all said it at the time. I think they were my favorite destination for, for Harden. And so there's there's Mm. a big decision to be made there. Honestly, I think I'm probably for the route, which is probably going to be the one that they take, which is just be safe and don't commit too hard either way and just run it back. (laughs) Yeah, just keep on going. And you you hope that some of these younger guys can either get to the level that they need to to make you a better team or can show enough to create some value to get you a better player. You know, if, if a guy like Lillard, for example, becomes available... You know he'd be he'd be awesome as the third head for Miami, and I was saying you can't win a championship with Lillard as your best player, but if you're second and third best player, are Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, um, then you probably can. And so they've they you know they just need those young guys to reestablish some value. Um, but that's probably the route that I'd go is just be boring and compromise your future by doing nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean that's probably the most. Uh... You know, likely route they take, but I mean, if Miami can put a put together a package, um, getting Dame together with Jimmy and and Bam, if that's possible, they need to do it because I feel like they're on the, on that you know brink of either you kind of blow it up and 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 you know invest in the youth, or you need to like go all out and and do something crazy because. Jimmy isn't getting younger and, no. and Bam is basically in his prime, I think, mm. playing great mm. this season. So so maybe it's time to like get rid of some of these young guys who is definitely not ready for the big time. I, I, I feel like the bubble, Bob, the, the level of play from, from Hero and, and, and Robinson in the bubble is, was kind of fluke. Not in terms of, I mean, they may be on that level at some point in their career, but I think the circumstances in the bubble just made it so much easier for for young, untested guys to um, really show out because there wasn't as much pressure. And all the the guys who was like older guys who have families they're going away from and all that, they had so much more at stake um and so much more pressure around them than the young guys who you know just coming into the league and basically yeah, have no pressure on them and I mean I mean that's just such an so much easier uh, in terms of um it just performing as a rookie I guess <laughs> so um interesting to see what they choose the boring route or, or maybe we'll see some some big time moves yeah
0: I mean you have to go boring to to get the big time moves. Um Hero was mm. so bad that like he has no value at the moment. If on the Blazers and you're like I'll give you all of my young guys and picks for Dame I'll be like hell no. I would want Tyler Hero, you know. He's a backup guard. Um, but if he can get back to the level where, you know, he's showing the the, you know, an indication of potential star um, upside then if, if you can get back to that that's when you've got a decent package to swing to bring in another proven player
1: yeah so you could probably do like a, a package around tyler hero and, and precious Achuva. get the contracts matching by doing like some sign and trade around oladipo and and then they do have their own uh, first round picks uh, from 2024 to 2027 and and They could probably get rid of some of those picks. Um, But I don't know if that's enough value to get a guy like Dame.
0: Yeah. I mean, it probably would be if Hero was a future All-Star, but when he's a future sixth man, um, then probably not. Yeah. I wonder Mm, also, if, if we're talking about Dame trades, which was not planned, but is he too old and not on the level for OKC to just come in with, you know, we'll give you you know Poku and all of our firsts and uh, Darius Baisley and you know is is he I mean is he at at (laughs) the wrong point in his career for OKC to just give you the the master offer and just like blow all
1: of your trades out of the water first of all thank you for 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 bringing Poku up again uh always great to have Poku on on the podcast um, but but I think <laughs> it's it's gonna be interesting to see um, this off season. I think OKC could be like a legit buyer in like every single trade this off season because they have so many assets and, and and with that they also have some pretty damn good contracts in terms of trading the Hallford contract and and stuff like that. So they could make a big splash. I guess we'll see. But I hope Pogu is staying. Yeah,
0: they've got their future Kevin Durant with Poku, and that's that's probably a a, a good point to finish the show. Jonah, Jonah, take us yeah, out.
1: Definitely, the, the the Pogo reference is out of the way, and I think we are done talking about the most relevant points of uh, this weekend. We'll be coming back probably with Nate back in the, the hosting seat again. Thank God. Thank God for that. <laughs> I, I I feel like it's just so much easier just to like lean back and relax and talk some NBA <laughs> instead of being like the one who's gotta do some preparation and actually uh, <laughs> you know make this podcast uh, relevant and interesting yeah so um, yeah it's so
0: much pressure to actually have to prepare and try to be interesting <laughs> Nate, Nate's got a big load on his right. shoulders
1: um we've definitely um made some work for him in terms of cutting this up and 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 all that but it's been uh, great seeing you and um hopefully uh, we will all all three of us be back for the next ne- next podcast any last remarks dylan yeah rate
0: and subscribe like us on facebook follow us on twitter um and any questions or feedback you can send through to hoopstemple at gmail.com see you next time <laughs> that's
1: great see ya yeah (laughs) Uh, we managed